Hello and welcome to this week's Key Voices, conversations with folk in and around education. I'm Caroline Doherty. This week we're talking about tutoring with Susanna Hardiman, founder and CEO of Action Tutoring, and James Grant, co-founder and managing director of MyTutor. We're also joined by Jed Cinnamon, senior program manager uh, at Nesta, who's involved with the National Tutoring Programme. So we're talking about tutoring, how it works in practice, and the impact that it can have on pupil progress. This episode was recorded at the end of August. It talks through the timetable of the National Tutoring Programme in some detail, and then we look at the, the different providers and learning a bit more about tutoring itself. Now, most things in life, policy, and education are subject to change at the moment. Uh, but this is a really useful lesson if you want to understand more about the concept of tutoring, how to make tutoring work, and all that good stuff. As ever, just like to remind listeners that this podcast is an opportunity to open up debate and discussion around issues. The views my guests and I are about to express are not the view of the key. For in-depth authoritative articles on the latest issues in education, check out thekeysupport.com. Today's podcast is about a hot topic in education for this coming year, tutoring. And I am joined by Susanna Hardiman, founder and CEO at Action Tutoring, James Grant, co-founder and managing director, MyTutor, and Jed Cinnamon, senior program manager at Nesta. Hello and welcome to all of you. Hello. Hi. The joy. Thanks for having us on. Multiple people on a on a Zoom call there. <laughs> um, so, uh, just going to go round and ask each of you to introduce yourselves and your organisations uh, before we kick off. So, Susanna. Thanks, Caroline. So, Action Tutoring is an educational charity. We registered in twenty twelve. And since then, we've grown very rapidly, now operating in eight cities across England. And we work in partnership with both primary and secondary state schools to support pupils from disadvantaged backgrounds who are at risk of leaving school not at national standards in English and math. And we do that by recruiting and training brilliant high-quality volunteer tutors who go into the schools and work with pupils for at least an hour a week over the academic year using a structured program, tailored resources, and all carefully supervised by our program staff. And we're really excited about the potential to grow even further with the National Tutoring Programme. Fantastic. And James, over to you. Thanks, Caroline, and thanks for having us on. Um, so my tutor partner with um, state secondary schools to deliver really incredible one-to-one -one and small group online tuition programmes. Um, we partner with 550 secondary schools and have delivered about a million lessons with our really carefully selected tutors from top universities. So we think there's something really magical about um, university students being able to complement the work that teachers do in class, acting as almost older siblings with recent experience of the exams that students are going through. And we've built some amazing online tools to help make that um, a really interactive and engaging experience for students. Great stuff. And Jed? Thanks, Caroline. Uh, so uh, I work for Nesta, but at the moment I'm on secondment at the uh, National Tutoring Programme. 
uh, which exists to make high quality tutoring available to schools to help uh, disadvantaged pupils whose education has been uh, severely affected by school closures. So we're aiming to, to support schools and, and provide a sustained response to the pandemic, but also a, a longer term contribution to, to closing the attainment gap. Uh, the, the NCP is a collaboration between uh, five charities, so the Education Endowment Foundation, Nesta, Impetus, the Sutton Trust, and Teach First, and is funded by the Department of Education. Brilliant. And Jed, could you maybe give everyone a brief overview of the National Tutoring Programme, um, so that the, the timescales and what schools are going to be able to access and that kind of thing would be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as I said, uh, the, the whole purpose of the NTP is to make high quality tutoring available to schools um, uh, and is focused on helping disadvantaged students in particular. So we're going to deliver this uh, this program through two um, two pillars, two approaches. Um, so the first is called Tuition Partners, and that's run by the Education Endowment Foundation. Um, so schools will be able to access high quality tutoring through Tuition Partners from an approved list of tutoring providers who've passed uh, a set of quality standards. So there'll be an open funding call, which which opens next week, which tutoring organisations will be able to uh, to apply to. Um, and then they'll be selected uh, to become accredited providers on the basis of, of the quality of tutoring that they deliver um, on their evidence base for, for making an impact on, on student outcomes and um, for their ability to, to grow and scale quite quickly as we're talking about reaching large numbers of, of students here. Um, so tuition partners, these tutoring organisations will be applying for uh, funding. So they'll be applying to, to access subsidised or, or to access even subsidies um, to deliver tuition. Uh, so there'll be funding to cover about 75% of the per tutoring hour cost uh, with schools making up the, the remaining 25%. Um, and we expect the majority of this tutoring to be uh, one to small group. So, um, so we can, can reach as many students as possible, although I think there'll be some, some room for one-to-one -one where, where students particularly need it. And the tutoring will be available for, for pupils between um, between five and 16 in any subject that naturally expect there to be a focus on, on English, maths and science. Um, so as I said, the timeline for that is that the tutoring organisations will apply for funding uh, from, uh, from the start of next week. And then we anticipate that the, the funding process will be wrapped up by around mid-October. So tutoring organisations can commence delivering schools from the start of November. So that's the, the, the tuition partners pillar. And the, the second pillar of the, of the NTP is called Academic Mentors, and this is being run by Teach First. So the Academic Mentoring Programme will recruit, train and place uh, hopefully over a thousand academic mentors in the upcoming academic year. So academic mentors will provide support in a variety of ways, including one-to-one and -one in, in, in small group tuition. Uh, running revision lessons and providing support to, to students that are isolating and all of this is with a view to, to using those academic mentors to accelerate the progress of pupils who, who've been hardest hit by school closures. Uh, academic mentors will specialise in, in either primary literacy or numeracy or in secondary maths, English science, MFL or the, the humanities um, and will be kind of um, employed as full-time staff members in schools. Um, I can talk a little bit about the, the, the funding uh, with that in, in a moment, but there will be kind of full-time members of staff and it'll be up to the schools to really deploy those academic mentors um, to the benefit of their students. 
great, great stuff. And James and Susanna, your organisations have been involved in the in the pilot of this programme. Uh, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your your experience there, James. Sure. So we were really thrilled to be um, kind of invited to help a thousand students as part of the, the NTP pilot. And for us, I, I, I guess, because we've always been an online tuition platform, the, the kind of online elements was something that we're very used to. And we found that um, schools, particularly as um, everything closed down and exams were cancelled, were very keen to kind of maintain some of that human contact. And of course, it's incredibly difficult for schools to be able to do that on a personal one-to-one -one level with everyone. And um, so I, I think it, it, the pilot kind of came at an amazing time. Uh, we worked with 20 schools with these about 1,000 students. And the feedback's been really, really amazing. I know it's the same for all the other um, tuition companies involved, but um, I, think, I think teachers are, um, are keen to embrace and adopt technology, um, particularly in the context of tuition, but also have concerns around um, making sure that it maintains human interaction, that it's closely tied with what teachers are doing in class. And so tuition in schools is very different from um, what you typically find when working with families. And dealing with disadvantaged students, again, is, is something that you have to be very careful to train tutors well to provide. So, so we've been very careful about the way we select tutors, train them, provide ongoing kind of feedback and quality assurance. Um, and the pilot was really uh, a really great way of us kind of um, working with the evaluators to understand what works best for students, teachers, parents, um, and just engaging all the stakeholders really well. Um, previously, when we worked with schools, parents have been less involved in the in the kind of day-to-day -day picture. And obviously that was a change for us. Um, so definitely some interesting learnings there, but we've, we've really enjoyed it and appreciated the opportunity. Great, and, and Susanna, for you, your history is obviously working with disadvantaged children and that's your main focus but you were usually using face-to-face -face work so how was the pilot for you? That's right so prior to COVID-19 all of our delivery had been face-to-face -face, and that stopped very abruptly um, in, in mid-March. Um, ironically it's been part of our strategy to consider getting the program running online next academic year anyway. Uh, it's something we've been looking at for a while, uh, wanting to offer both online tutoring and face-to-face, -face, particularly recognising that online could be a means to get to areas where we were finding it harder to recruit volunteer tutors, uh, rural areas, coastal towns and so on that often don't have access to these kinds of programmes. Um, and uh, the, there was a sort of irony that the current situation provided an opportunity to accelerate our plans for online delivery. Um, and we, we rapidly moved to delivery online. We actually spent quite a bit of time before we launched it um, researching the best platforms to use uh, to make sure that we could identify a platform that would get as close to face-to-face -face delivery as possible in terms of uh, the interaction that pupils and tutors um, would be able to have to make sure that we were happy with it from safeguarding and GDPR point of view um, and all those things that were obviously going to be so important for the safety of delivering it and to reassure schools and tutors. Um, but we were incredibly pleased with how it went. I'd say that the, the summer delivery exceeded our expectations in terms of people engagement 
um, perhaps we shouldn't have been surprised, but it really doesn't take long for people to get to grips with new technology. They were very okay with the platforms very quickly. Uh, tutors needed a bit more training and support, but they got on board uh, very swiftly with it. Um, and we saw some really fantastic interactions taking place. And most importantly for us, it's given us a huge amount of confidence that we could now roll out the online program much more uh, widely across the country and to, to other partner schools and to new geographies. Um, so from the autumn, if needed, if we can't get back to any database delivery, we'll be able to offer online much more widely and that's going to become a longer term part of our offering for schools to consider whether they want to use it online or face to face. Fantastic and presumably um, with your, your tutors being volunteers, that also frees up more people to, to do volunteering if they can fit it in online around other commitments. It does, it makes a big difference and we're particularly excited about the potential to attract more corporate volunteers. We've uh, long found that corporates are very interested in working with us as part of their CSR policies and, and they're giving back um, and often they are given a number of hours for volunteering but the sticking point was always the travel time that it took to get to the school and now as they can literally log on for the exact hour or an hour and a half on their office desk or from their home um, our corporate partners are really, really excited about the potential to be able to get significantly more staff involved. And, and not just corporates too, for students, it makes it easier for them. We also have a growing pool of retired volunteers, and if they don't feel safe yet going back into school, um, if, they're, if they're shielding and things like that, then it's still some meaningful volunteering that they'll be able to do um, from home, whatever the autumn term circumstances may bring. So lots of potential for different groups. Indeed, and I was, I was just thinking with you, James, as well, must be very new students uh, are zooming their lessons and and doing their vol their um their work with you by uh, zoom as, as well very easy to fit in um, uh, yeah so so we um we, we kind of built our own um, online learning software so very similar to zoom but um I, I guess we can talk a bit later about some of the ways it is different as well and more geared towards academic learning but our tutors we had this incredible moment at the beginning of lockdown where um, I think we received something like um, 12,000 applications per tutor within the first week of lockdown. So university courses were kind of um, uh, coming to an end or sort of moving to online. And tutors really wanted a way to earn money because a lot of their um, jobs might have been kind of postponed temporarily if they're in hospitality or retail. Mm -hmm. um, but also the, the kind of the types of tutors that work with us they really want to give back. So they kind of um, saw what was going on and they knew that this would affect disadvantaged students disproportionately and were worried about it. And so we found our tutors, not only the new ones applying, but also the ones that we've been working with for years wanted to double or triple the amount of help that they were providing. Um, and, and we actually ended up very quickly having to turn the taps off on, on, on recruitment and training because um, we, we kind of felt as though we wanted enough enough work for our, our, our kind of loyal and committed mm. tutors. Um, but it was just a, a really interesting time because we weren't sure how what the response would be when exams were cancelled. We wondered whether certain schools might want to focus on um, more around like the um, mental health side of students and just making sure they're okay. Um, but we found actually that schools wanted to really complement both the kind of nurturing and kind of and safeguarding elements with learning and development and tutoring is a really amazing way to, to help students with that. And I guess for, for all concerned, the, 
the students getting the tutoring and the tutors just you know the additional social interaction and connection of, of, of being able to carry on that work during during lockdown must have been really fulfilling and you know the having done the the, the pilot work Jed um, what 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 are the, the the learnings that are going to go forward into into the full program yeah I think that Susanna and, and James have kind of covered a lot of the uh, the considerations around around switching from from face-to-face to online I think that um, you know the main thing here is making sure that we we, we, we learn from the evidence around what works in terms of face-to-face tuition and as far as possible make sure that those um, those key elements are present when we're delivering uh, delivering online but also making sure that um, you know those things you know both, both um, organizations have spoken about you know the, the, the kind of um, logistics the technology making sure those things are, are absolutely right is, is really really important with, with online so there are there are tweaks that need to be made in comparison to face-to-face Indeed. And obviously, um, you know, the, de- the, the Department for Education and the other organisations involved with the programme have, have, you know, squarely uh, put their money behind tutoring as, as a, a catch up intervention. So it'd be good to talk a little bit about the kind of the evidence of the, the effectiveness of, of tutoring and, and, and why there is that, that move in, in that direction. So I'm going to start with with you there, Jed. Yeah, so so obviously there's extensive evidence showing that tutoring is, um, you know, one of the most effective tools that you can use to support learning. Um, you know, even in the short time, I think since the NTP was announced by government, there was a new systematic review that, that came out from, from the US saying uh, tutoring is one of the most versatile and potentially transformative educational tools. Um, so there, there's loads and loads of evidence and the EF has, has documented that, that really thoroughly. Um, but I suppose, um, you know, as again, as my tutor and, and my tutor will be able to talk about, you know, as with every approach, it's the detail and the implementation that really matters in terms of making sure these things work. So I suppose in terms of the NTP's approach, we, we wanted to make sure those kind of principles around what works with tutoring are kind of built in um, to the program's core. So, you know, being guided by teachers um, and, and being aligned with the curriculum and making sure that, that teachers and tutors um, you know, communicate really effectively and that teachers feel that tutoring is a is being used as a tool for classroom learning not as some kind of um, bolt-on or some kind of um, irrelevance uh, you know making sure that tutors are, are really well trained and skilled may seem obvious but obviously you know, absolutely essential uh, and obviously responding to the needs of students and making sure that tutoring is, is highly responsive um, to, to the learning needs of, of, of students and I mean, the, I think the figure from the EEF uh, toolkit there is something like an additional five months of of, of progress. But I'm sure, um, Susanna and James, you you have your own evidence of kind of impact of the of the work that that you do with with students. It'd be good good to hear from from both of you about about that. Uh, Susanna, let's hear about your your impact. So impact evaluation is something we've been investing heavily in for a number of years to really understand uh, the, the difference that the program makes and crucially to also to try and understand what are the elements that are making it successful, as Jed alluded to, uh, the, the different components that can make tutoring successful. And we've really tried to understand what exactly it is in our program that's working. 
Um, but a, a control group evaluation a few years ago showed that our pupils were making an additional half a grade of progress with just seven or eight tutoring sessions compared to their non-tutored uh, peers. And that was a study undertaken using data from the National uh, Pupil Database to create the um, control group and look at 700 pupils that had tutoring on the Action Tutoring Programme. Um, so we were really delighted with that half a grade of progress with just seven or eight tutoring sessions. Um, we now try and work with pupils across the whole of the academic year, so getting in significantly more than seven or eight uh, tutoring sessions. And our uh, further evaluation has shown that we do continue to see that progress rise and um, the more sessions that people have. It does reach a point where it begins to tail off, but uh, not until about the 20 session mark. So um, if, you're, if you're talking about tutoring over a whole academic year, you can continue to see that sort of progress trajectory and continue. But we also recognize there's so many other important elements for the difference it makes, such as pupil confidence, their motivation, and um, that's harder to capture in evaluations. Um, we've had so much opposite feedback from tutors and teachers talking about how it's really transformed people's attitudes to learning, how that's then having a knock-on effect on their other subjects and so on. Um, and that's something that we think is really important. It's about the pupil's whole mindset towards learning and education and overcoming that feeling of I can't do math or I hate English. That actually feel that it is something that they can engage in and can make progress in and so often it's the, the small group tutoring that really unlocks that great and and james um anything from from your side you want to add there yeah i mean like susanna we recognize very early on the importance of being able to actually evidence what we do and learn and and kind of develop our own programs so the first thing we did was join ucl's educate program which is kind of um, in partnership with the uh, institute for education and we created our, our first set of impact reports over the last few years. And we found that pupils who receive a term of my tutor make 2.5 times the level of progress against their non-tutored peers. Um, and that's a whole grade of progress. Um, so 10 to 12 sessions. And, and like Susanna, we, we find that um, you keep improving quite significantly up to 20 plus lessons. So it is something that we try and encourage schools to think of as a long-term solution, not just um, in the weeks coming up to an exam. Um, I think uh, Susanna also made some great points around confidence and motivation, aspirations. The nature of our, our tutors being university students, it means that they can really guide people through the next, the potential next steps of their, their lives. And we work with some schools that don't even have sit forms. So they might have, um, these students might never have spoken to someone who's considered university. They might be the first person in their family looking at it. And of course, university isn't the only kind of great outcome. There are other places that people can go, but it's just about having someone to bounce ideas off of um, that personal kind of space outside of class to ask the questions that you might be too nervous or anxious to ask. Mm. Um, but impact is something we take incredibly seriously. Um, we've, we've built training programs off the back of it. Um, we're very careful about the way we work hand in hand with schools. Because I think that if tuition is seen as something that parents do away from the school when something's going wrong, um, that gives kind of tutoring a bad name and this unfair advantage um, for those who can afford it. So we're, we're really intentional about the kind of the dashboards and systems we can create to, to report back to the school on the progress, to work from um, the same sort of resources and, and to you know, give feedback at every stage. Great stuff. And I think 
it would be interesting to talk a little bit about that that point around the sort of logistics and liaison between tutors and schools. Uh, I think there is a there is a concern out there that this might not be as well connected to what the schools are planning and we know from our work at the key a lot of schools out there working really hard on their recovery curriculum and their their approaches how will these um, tutors uh, link in to, 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 to what the the school is is doing and, and and make sure that it doesn't actually create a lot of additional work for for the school um, Jed do you want to kick off there yeah, it's a really good question. Something which is which is obviously essential to making sure the NTP genuinely does support schools and, and students. Um, so I suppose on on the tuition partners side, um, the whole the whole kind of design of tuition partners is um, to make sure that schools will be able to make decisions about who they work with. So there'll be an accredited list of providers that have come through the the kind of screening process, um, and that we think are are good quality and you know and, and can deliver good quality tutoring. Um, and then it'll be up to schools to decide which of those organisations works best for them and, and, and how exactly they want to engage with them, um, you know, for how many students, etc. Um, so, so we're trying to leave, you know, a lot of control there for schools to make decisions, which is obviously really, really important because every school's context will be different and they'll want to work with tutoring organisations in, in different ways. Um, and I suppose it's worth saying that we're, we're going to be, um, you know, exploring with the tutoring organisations that apply, one of the one of the criteria is around you know, how effectively they work with schools, um, and how effective their communication with the schools, and how they align their, their their tutoring with what's going on in schools. So this is all about making tutoring a, a tool of schools rather than it being an add-on, as, as James was saying. Um, on the academic mentor side, um, I suppose quite a different model there, and something that that has been shown to to have an impact is having these members of these, these kind of academic mentors. Exist as members of staff within the school, um, so there, you know, the schools will have, um, you know, have have the opportunity to really think about how they best deploy those individuals. They'll be really well supported and trained by Teach First, so they'll have access to a member of staff at Teach First who's going to be supporting them on a continual basis. They'll have training before they go into schools, and obviously have been um, been recruited on the basis of their suitability. So, the, the the whole some of the principles behind the design of the NCP have been very much about how do we um, make tutoring, um, you know, as, as easy as possible for schools to, to use um, and make sure it's aligned as possible with what schools are doing. And uh, to James and Susanna, how, how would you kind of address any, any schools that are a little bit more, more nervous about, about how tutors are going to fit in what they do, what they're already doing and, and is it going to create extra, extra work and confusion for them? What would you say to them, James? And um, so, firstly, I'm really reassured that um, the kind of criteria for the NTP is is considering carefully how organisations work with schools, because um, our experiences working with both families and schools have kind of taught us those big, big differences. Um, for us, I, I, I think um, when we're working with a new school who perhaps hasn't um, dealt with external bodies to to kind of support with tuition. Um, the first thing we do is we're very careful about using the school's assessment data. So anything they have on mock examinations or teacher assessments, we onboard all the subject teachers to our platform. We've created all these kind of automated tools to, so, so that rather, rather than teachers kind of 
sending us pages and pages of notes. They're able to kind of drag and drop all the information that they think might be relevant and we can turn it into something meaningful from our end. Um, schools can have as much or as little kind of involvement in that process as they want. Some schools like being incredibly hands-on, making sure the exact same resources are used and others um, like using kind of our, our own central bank and curriculum, uh, which tutors are really well trained in. So um, I think the important thing for us is evidencing um, and allowing them to speak to other schools that have benefited from my tutor so that they understand how it's worked best for them. It's also recognizing that different schools have different ways of working and they, they know their students best. Um, so you know, to give you a sense of scale, we have 15,000 active tutors. So we have to be very automated about the, the sorts of tools that we provide to allow schools to work with us. Um, a teacher wouldn't necessarily want to have um, 30 one-to-one -one interviews with, with, with 30 different tutors um, all throughout the program. They want to be able to rely on us to turn what they have into something that could be great and impactful. Um, and to give you another example, you know, when, when working with um, a large community of tutors, things um, can sometimes, um, you know, tutors could uh, have to cancel last minute or rearrange. And so we've built these systems in place to allow cover tuition and um, at, within five minutes notice, someone automatically is onboarded on who the tutor is, who the student is, understands their learning gaps, understands what they've been going through, provides the relevant lesson plan for them to use in the online lesson space. And it just means there's continuity of learning no matter what happens which is really important in this kind of COVID world. Great, and, and, and Susanna, from, from your side, what would, what would you say to um, a school thinking about, about how they're gonna use tutors? The collaboration with schools has always been really at the heart of our model. We've always worked closely in partnership with schools to identify the pupils that they feel would best benefit um, and to make sure that the tutoring we offer is really aligned to those pupils' needs and the curriculum. Um, there are a number of different ways that, that we do that. A key thing is that we try and make it as easy for schools as possible. So we provide a programme coordinator who's an action tutoring paid member of staff who's present at the tutoring session to supervise the volunteers, uh, to also help with engaging the pupils, to monitor the quality of what's going on and to work closely with the teachers to make sure that they're happy with everything that, that's been delivered. And we found that that role is really critical um, to making the program really easy for schools. You can't just dump tutors in schools and nobody actively manage them, make sure they're all in the right place and so on. Um, but that's quite a big thing to ask the school. So we take all of that for them in terms of the volunteer management, but also the pupil engagement. Um, we've developed really structured, tailored resources that are, that are tailored to the curriculum. They've been developed by curriculum experts and generally we find schools are incredibly um, happy to, to use them, but as part of our step up conversations when we first start a partnership with them, we'll show them those resources, we'll talk through them, make sure that they're happy to use them. And the resources are not a, a one size fits all for pupils, a really important part of what we offer is a, a baseline assessment for pupils before we even bring the pupils in. Um, we then sense check the findings from that baseline assessment to make sure it aligns with what the school would expect that they need to work on. Um, but from that baseline assessment, we can produce a report for the tutor that says really clearly which areas they need to focus on and where in the workbook to find the resources um, for that. So it's still a conversation with schools to make sure that, that, that our assessment aligns with what they would be um, expecting to see come up on, on, a, on a needs analysis, but just provide some really useful additional data for the schools, for us as an organisation, and crucially for the tutors to then make sure they're 
working in a really um, tailored, impactful way and are able to get the most that they possibly can from each tutoring session. Brilliant. And um, we're going to keep sort of digging into this uh, admin logistic area um, for schools. Uh, so, Jed, in terms of the, the funding allocations and how how is this all going to, to, to work in terms of um, the schools getting getting children going in, 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 in tutoring? Yeah, so, so on the tuition partners side, um, as I said, that there's a subsidy available that's going to decrease the, the cost of tutoring for, for tuition partners. And um, so uh, tutoring organisations will have their, their costs subsidised per hour by 75%. The schools are only making up that kind of that, that kind of twenty five percent of the per hour tutoring cost, um, and obviously there's the opportunity for, for schools to decide exactly how they you know how they'll cover that, but it could come, for example, from, from the catch up premium. Um, so that's relatively simple, hopefully. Um, and then on the academic mentor side, um, that the salaries of academic mentors are fully covered by the Department for Education, um, and then obviously there there are the on costs um, for schools again, which they they could choose to cover. Um, by, by through the through the catch up premium. So schools should be looking to to plan for some of this activity with with their budget, and they will actually be able to to start accessing from around no, November time. Is the plan? Yes. Yeah. That that's right. And and I guess we kind of appreciate. I, I guess the um some of the challenges around that in terms of planning. You know, in terms of um in terms of timing. Obviously, we would have liked to. Have had things running sooner, but it's but it's really important that we make sure that the processes we go through to to get the the tutoring partners right and make sure the quality is right and obviously really really important. Um, and the same on the academic mentor side that you know we're, we're selecting the right um, the right people to be academic mentors and that and that does take time. Um, on the tu tuition partner side, yes, the the uh, organisations will start from the start of November, start delivery. But I'd expect that to be a kind of phased start. So it may depend on the organisation and, and the place, uh, whether they need to recruit more tutors, etc. And there will also be a phased start for academic mentoring. So um, there'll be there'll be three waves of academic mentors starting over the course of the academic year. Um, the first beginning in the second half of the autumn term, um, and then at the start of, of January, and then the start of the, the after spring uh, half term. And I guess it's it's very difficult to to know as the sort of pandemic progresses. But the the idea is that this activity will be for for this academic year, and then potentially, you know, for more as as and when uh, things develop. Is that your understanding? Yeah, that's right. So obviously, um, you know, we very much hope this will be an ongoing program, but there's obviously still discussions to be had there, and exactly. Um, how many how many years or if this is longer than one year, um, but I, but I, obviously we, we do we do hope that um, regardless of that that, that this this leads a lasting legacy in the system. You know, particularly when it comes to um, the tutoring, that um, schools are I guess more aware of the of the different levels of, of quality that are available through, through tutors, and they know how to select and access good quality tutoring. Um, and organisations and tutoring organisations are, are given a, a big opportunity to scale up their work and work with more schools. And I suppose perhaps um, one of the, the lasting legacies of this work could be that the way that schools engage with tutoring may change and hopefully schools will see tutoring as something which is a, a really positive tool to use all year round. It's not just something for 
um, you know, for exams or for particular times of year, but it's something which can be a really powerful tool, um, particularly for disadvantaged students, um, you know, on an ongoing basis. And uh, presumably also be collecting a, a lot of data about these disadvantaged children uh, who hopefully will will make additional progress through these interventions and the, the richness of that from a re research perspective around closing the disadvantage gap could be quite interesting as well, I would, I would think. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So uh, we're putting in place evaluation programmes on, on both sides of the programme to understand um, exactly, I suppose, on, on, on the one hand, the take up and exactly what the demographics look like, what types of schools are able to access tutoring and a lot of the kind of qualitative information around how schools um, find engaging with tutoring, but absolutely on, on the kind of um, impact side, really trying to understand uh, you know, exactly what difference this uh, scaled up tutoring um, can have on, on students' outcomes. Indeed. So just just like to, to thinking of the, the, the future and um, the opportunity that this represents, I guess, for organisations in, engaged in, in, in tutoring, any, any final words from from all of you? So I'm um, starting with Susanna. I think it's really struck me since the MTP was announced that um, so many schools have always believed in the value of tutoring. We've had partner schools working with us since uh, 2012. It's absolutely fantastic that this has now been um, promoted much more widely. Schools that haven't used it before have got the chance uh, to try it out. Um, but we've been really struck that given how many schools have wanted to work uh, with us already, we hope this is going to be an opportunity uh, to keep a number of the new schools that will come on board through the through the National Tutoring Programme, whether it continues longer term or not, because it will get them excited about the potential um, difference that tutoring can make to their people. But um, as Deb alluded to, we're really hoping that the National Tutoring Programme will be a long-term programme. Um, I think there's so much potential for something like this, not only to support the lost learning from COVID, but actually to help narrow the attainment gap in the UK. Um, and that's one of the main reasons that we exist, is to try and narrow that attainment gap between uh, preschool meal pupils and their well-being peers. We know that COVID is likely only going to widen that gap um, further and therefore there's so much potential with something like this that it can be made long-term for it not just to support the COVID catch-up but it actually to help um, to close that attainment gap more widely across the UK. So lots of potential in this. Really hope that it can be seen through to deliver a really strong legacy um, not just for this year and the COVID catch-up but for the future of education in the UK. And you, James? Um, yeah, so I, I, I think throughout the lockdown, we've seen how much pressure has been placed on, on schools and teachers. And I, I think um, it's clear that personalised support for students can be so life-changing. Um, but it's also unfair to expect schools and rely on schools to deliver that all themselves. Um, so I, I think we've been, as, as Action Tutoring have, we've been partnering with schools um, for nearly seven years now. And I, I, I think it's something that schools really recognize as being beneficial, but often it's just been about how, how to access that at scale, how to manage all the systems and complexities of engaging students on a weekly basis. And I, I think um, the kind of tools that we've developed throughout the, the last few years will really allow schools to work with us in a, in a simple way and I think it's the same with lots of other companies that will hopefully be awarded MTP funding. It's so important that this is a sustainable 
um, kind of funding pots because um, you know we're we're all investing um, everything we can to scale things up with real quality. And so I I, I just think that um, this isn't just a COVID solution. This is something that um, needs to be sustainable over a number of years. Um, with every student having access to personalized learning um, and personalized learning with human touch. So using technology to really um, kind of build on this human interaction that is so powerful and, and so life-changing for students. Um, just really excited in general and hoping that my tutor can play, um, play a role in, in helping out. And it's, it's really interesting, I think, to see that, you know, we, we're talking here very much about um, organizations working in partnership with schools this isn't about being critical of the provision in the school or, or needing to to add to it. It, it it's about working with the school to support children on a more individual level in a in a different way and using a different uh model um rather than sort of threatening or disrupting or confusing uh what's being delivered in in the school it's been really interesting to talk to different organizations with different different models using volunteers using undergraduates a company a charity to show that there is going to be diversity of of um organizations within the program and schools can 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 find the one that that works for them um, and so, Jed, any, any final words that you'd like to give our, our audience a, about the, the programme and tutoring? Um, yeah, I guess a couple of things. One is that, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're really listening closely to what the sector is saying and what schools and school leaders uh, think about the programme and, and how they think it's best delivered. So um, please go to the, the website, it's nationaltutoring.org.uk. And you can get in touch with us via the website if, you, if you'd like to talk to us about the programme or have feedback or thoughts. Um, and equally, uh, you know, if you want to sign up for updates um, when when tuition partners and academic mentors um, are available to, to be used in your school, um, you know, please again go to the website. And the same for, for tutoring organisations who might want to um, engage uh, with the programme. And of course, there'll be, um, as, as we found already, and, and as both James and Susanna have said, thousands of people who want to, to become tutors or offer their time or volunteer or become an academic mentor. Again, all the information is on the website, so, so do head there. Great stuff. Well, thank you very much to all three of you, and thank you very much for listening. Key Voices is produced by The Key, giving education leaders the knowledge to act. Members of The Key for School Leaders can access hundreds of articles on the latest issues in education at thekeysupport.com. And please, tell us what you think of the podcast. Rate, review and subscribe, or email me at caroline.doherty at thekeysupport.com with your thoughts and suggestions.